please let us know because we want to plug you into that. I also just want to let you know, also before I get into the proper preach, um, we have started some stuff on social media. So it, um, there's a Worship Collective Facebook group and a worship, worship collective.abl on Instagram. Is that right, Aaron? Was that right? Yeah, cool. Um, I'm not as cool as I used to be. I don't even check the details. Um, yeah, so we're going to be putting stuff up through there, so make sure you're plugged in there. Next time, I have just spoken to her this afternoon. We're going to have Sarah Haitley, or some of you may know her as Sarah Wysak. She's going to come and speak next time as well. So I'm excited to have a real life young adult come and speak. <laughs> um, and if any of you guys are wanting to serve in any way in worship or if you have a heart to preach, to speak, please let us know. We want to be up, we want this place to be a place where um, we can all serve and we can all help one another. Um, essentially, that's what I want to talk about tonight is we are better together. Yeah? And I want to talk about, um, Simon kind of talked about the larger piece last week around worshipping collectively and, and what we think God might have planned for us. And today, tonight, I want to speak about um, the intimate discipleship piece. Yeah? The intimate discipleship. And I don't use that word intimate lightly either. So that's, pretty, that's a pretty strong word to use, intimate discipleship. But I believe that we need to be... Um, in groups, in with people where we can be vulnerable, where we can be real, and where we can be doing real life with one another. And that it's not just a, 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 a something on your calendar that you go to each week, but that it is part of your everyday life. You are in intimate discipleship. And the Bible talks about this all the time. And I'm going to jump around a little bit in the Bible, and I'm going to give you a few different images as well. Tonight, so if someone actually has a physical Bible with them here tonight, no, like I think someone who brings their physical Bible with them, they are so holy these days, right? Like, don't you think? Like that is like to carry that Bible around. Who has the Bible app on their iPhone? Yep, good. Okay, good. Um, that's really awesome, but actually also it's so easy to just carry the Bible around on your phone these days, right? We have Bibles over here. Look at this vast collection of different types of Bibles and different colours to choose from. So if you want to go choose one, feel free to do so. Um, I'm going to be jumping around the Bible a bit. So if you want to open up your Bible up and you want to jump along and follow along with me, if you can, um, that'd be great. If you're a journaling type of person, feel free to do that. If you like to draw, feel free to do that. If you just want to sit and stare at me, feel free to do that. But um, I do... I do, get, I do recommend, rather, that um, for some of the Bible passages that I'm going to jump around to, you might want to make a note and then go back and read them throughout the week because I'm actually not sticking in one particular passage tonight. I'm not, I, I do like to do that. I like to get into a story and figure it all out. I'm a bit of a Bible nerd, but um, tonight I'm not doing that. I'm going to jump around a little bit. Okay, so the first place where I'm going to start is... In Proverbs and Proverbs is this great book um, that basically is like kind of like rules for life you know or they're a bit cliche these days probably they're things that you know you'd say them and people would be like oh yeah whatever but they're actually cliche because they're so true right 
And in this day and age, with lots of things that are coming up, especially we've had 2020 and with lots of people are, you know, discovering different things, and actually it's stuff that, that the Proverbs have been saying for years and years and years, thousands and thousands of years, this mystical text has been telling us these things and we feel like we're just discovering them because of social media or something, I'm not sure. So Proverbs, in chapter 27, it says, you use steel to sharpen steel and one friend sharpens another. Or there's another way of putting it, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And some of you might have heard me speak on this verse before, not for a while, but haven't really preached for a while, so. <laughs> um, what does this mean? What does this verse mean? Iron sharpening iron. Well, if you've ever sharpened a knife, has anyone ever sharpened a knife before? Yep, a few people have, yep. Um, it's okay if you haven't. It's okay if your mum's always done it. That's all right too. Um, or your husband. That's me. Um, I don't really sharpen the knives in our house. But if you have ever sharpened a knife, you know that you can't just like sharpen it on wood or plastic or whatever. Like I couldn't just get like a piece of paper and like sharpen it like that. You need another piece of iron to um, you know grind against, and you create this friction. And what actually happens is you're actually grinding away pieces of the metal to create a new edge, yeah? And um, at the end, of the, the knife then becomes more effective, yeah? You can actually use it better. So what this verse is saying is, is that if you want to be the most effective, you're going to have to continually create a new edge. And we as people do this by creating by going through friction, by going through hard things, by by um, by coming out the other end renewed, restored, and more effective. But we can't do this alone, can we? We need to do this together. We were made to grow together. We were made to encourage one another. And who knows that when we spend a lot of time with other people, we can sharpen each other and we can bring the best out in each other. Yeah. And this is actually how we are made. The Proverbs tells us this. As I said, this is a mystical text that's been around for like ever. And it's talking about our human condition, who we are as human beings. And, and it's saying, this is how it is. This is how we were made. We were made to sharpen each other. We are made to be in community as human beings. We are made to be with each other. As much as we might sometimes not want to. <laughs> yeah? And I want you guys to think tonight about your friendships. I think um, this is quite key. Um, and many of you are perhaps at a key turning point in your lives. And I'm not sure, some of you may have already gotten through this point in your life. Some of you may be about to reach this point in your life. And you may or may not be aware of this. But some of the friendships you've had for a while, they're about to change. They're about to evolve. And they're about to either get more intimate and more um, deep and more um, full on and you're going to go through more stuff with your friends or actually some of those people that you spent a lot of time with and you thought you were going to be best buds with forever um, best friends for life not, you probably might not have much to do with them in about 5 to 10 years time sorry if that's the first time you've heard that or thought about that but I do want you to think about that tonight because you guys are all at a key turning point in your lives. Those were your friends that you saw either every day at school or every day at uni even perhaps. 
because it happened to be in the same physical location. I'm not saying they definitely will change, but oftentimes they're going to evolve and change, yeah? And you get, you are actually stepping into a time where you get to make the decision about your friendships. You don't just have to hang out with that person because they happen to be there at that same place where you are at. Except when you start work and then you have work friends and then that'll be a whole other thing. But <laughs> when you leave work, you get to decide how you spend your time, yeah? And it, it's going to be mostly based on shared interests and shared values. And you get to decide how you're going to spend your time. And thinking about your friendships, particularly ones that you've spent a long time with, have you ever started um, to, to like take on the idiosyncrasies of your friends? Like you started talking like your like particular people that you started hanging out with a little bit more. Like maybe you start having a friend with an accent and all of a sudden you're talking like this, you know what I mean? And you're just like, oh, oh, well, I didn't grow up in East End of London. Um, <laughs> or you start kind of using catchphrases, you know, you and your mate have these catchphrases that you all of a sudden you start using those or you have in-jokes or whatever. Um, and just quietly, um, our Johnny, he likes to watch Netflix and there's not always heaps of streaming shows on Netflix and for some reason our almost six-year-old Australian boy has started to talk in an American accent. What's that about? <laughs> so when you spend time with a lot of people, sometimes you take on the characteristics of those people. I wonder if you've ever experienced that before. Have you ever acted differently around one group of friends to another? And I'm going to admit this, unfortunately this is one of my weaknesses, or it can be a strength, it doesn't always have to be negative. But I wonder if you've ever acted one way around this group of friends, and then another way around this group of friends, or you talk a certain way, or you do hair a certain way around this group of friends, and then, and then you kind of a little bit differently around them. I, anyone know the Enneagram? Does anyone know what that is? Yeah. yeah. Meredith, of course, knows what the Enneagram is. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it, so if you want to come talk to me about it afterwards, I'll talk your ear off, but it's like a personality thing. Anyway, I'm an Enneagram 3, and I'm a people pleaser, and so this is one thing that I am guilty of. Now, I like to think it's not all negative, but it's just flexible. I can be flexible around this group of people, and then I can be flexible around that group of people, and I just want everyone to be my friend. That's basically all it boils down to, but I wonder if you've ever experienced that before. You act like one way with one group of friends and another way with another group of friends. Now, I wonder if you've ever had a fight with a friend after spending too much time together. Like, it's not actually about anything in particular, you've just been spending too much time together. Yeah, I had a friend, I had a friend, we, um, we met at the first day of uni, and we became best friends because we were wearing the same skirt. And we were like, oh, like the skirt. Obviously best friends. And then <laughs> we had for a year together, and then afterwards we both went off and we did American summer camps. I went off to a Salvo camp in Texas. And that was how I first got to know the Salvos. That's another story altogether. Um, and she went to another camp. And then after that, we decided to go live in London together for just over a year. And we lived together during that whole time. And we didn't work at the same place, we worked different jobs, but we had the same group of friends, and we came home to each other, and we spent all, every weekend together, and you see, we didn't get like being married, actually. 
just quietly. Um, <laughs> different, obviously, different. But um, yeah, we started to have to make, be really intentional about spending time apart. Because of both of our personalities, it didn't quite end in a major conflict because of who we were and how we were. But it became abundant by the end of that time that we needed some time apart. I wonder if you've ever experienced that before. You've been spending too much time with a particular friend and it's caused some conflict. So, we know that this process that the Bible talks about, it's, you know, this, this sharpening each other um, and getting better together, it can be an uncomfortable process. It's not comfortable. It's not always easy. But what it is, is it's essential. It's essential for us growing together. It can sometimes be super uncomfortable and sometimes we just get frustrated with human beings and we say, oh, it would just be better off if we were alone. It would just be better off if I could just do this myself. It would be better off if people would just get out of my way. I don't know if anyone has, has felt this before. I maybe I'm admitting a lot tonight, but I may have felt that this week. may have felt that today. <laughs> just this feeling of like, oh, it would be better if I just did it myself. But you know what the Bible tells us? It's not. It's actually not. We can't just be the best versions of ourselves by shutting ourselves away in our room and watching Netflix, you know? Or being on social media. Yes, social media is great and it is its own thing. It's fantastic, it is. It's good. We have more connections now than we ever had before. But at some point, you're going to have to get out of your bedroom and go and sit at a table face to face with another human being, you know? no matter how awkward that feels. So how can we do this? How can we do this well? Well, the first thing um, that we can do in order to sharpen one another, sharpen one another, being iron sharpening iron, is we can speak truth to one another in grace and love. I'm adding that in there. Speak truth to one another in grace and love. Not the kind of truth that makes someone feel worse than they already were. You know, not that kind of truth where you're like, well, I was just saying the truth. Like, I just, like, it's just, it's the truth. It doesn't always need to be said, yeah? <laughs> it doesn't always need to be said. But that kind of truth that everyone needs, that's an encouragement, words of encouragement. A good community or good friends will spot when someone is down and, um, See when they might be believing some lies about themselves and tell that person the truth. Like, hey, you know what? You are loved. Hey, guess what? God created you so uniquely. God believes in you. He has a plan for your life and I believe in you too. And you know we get really good at it when we're really specific. When we can call our friend, we can see that someone is down and we can say something really specific about the way God created them to be and, and, and encourage them in that. Because when we get down, we need to hear the truth. I don't know about you, but when I get stressed, and this is apparently a brain thing, um, I'm not a brain expert, but I like to hear about the brain, is that we have different sections of our brain, and there's one, you know, you, someone else might be able to come up here and tell me all the parts of the brain, but there's one part that's like the executive functioning of our brain, and it's the logical thinking, it's the day-to-day -day stuff, it's how we do life and do the things that we need to do and get on and get out of bed and leave the house and all the rest of it. And then there's another part of our brain that's more like the emotions and it's um, more impulsive and it's, it's our feelings part and we need that side too. 
right? But sometimes our, our feelings and our emotional part of our brain takes over our executive functioning part of the brain. Have you ever experienced this before? Sometimes it's called rage. <laughs> um, sometimes it's um, sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's a happy thing, and we get a bit silly and we make decisions that we probably shouldn't have made. Sometimes we might be driving with particular friends in the car, and we start making bad decisions about how we're driving because our emotions and and things take over. <laughs> I wasn't talking about you specifically. <laughs> um, so when we get stressed. We forget the truth about ourselves, yeah? I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but our images of ourselves are often not true. So when we get, and when we get down, when we get depressed, the opposite happens, that we find it so hard to just do anything at all. Yeah, everything slows down, and, and our executive functioning is kind of, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do anymore. And so we need friends to be able to come in and tell us the truth and to give us encouragement, yeah? And in John chapter 5, there is um, a story about a man and he is sitting by this healing pool. Have you heard this story before? Yeah, he's, he's a man who's not well and he's been sitting by this pool for over 30 years. I'm not going to go into all the details of the story. I could do a whole sermon on this one story, but I'm just going to going to pick up on one point from it. And it's kind of this crazy story because what happens with this pool is an angel comes down and every so often will stir up the water. How fun is that? And then whoever gets in the pool the first will get healed. So if you are lame or you are blind or you have leprosy or you are missing an arm or something, you can jump in this pool right after the angel has stirred it up and you will be healed, right? This man has been sitting there for over 30 years waiting to be the first one to get in the pool. And Jesus comes along and he looks at this guy and he says a funny question. He says, do you want to get well? And I could go on and on about that question alone. But the response that the man says is, I have, excuse me, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. That's his response. I have no man to put me in the water when when to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. The guy has no friends. That's what he's saying. He has no one that is doing life with him. He has no one that is able to come alongside of him and just stick him in the pool. Like chuck him in the pool. Yeah? He has no friends. Yeah? And we can be those friends to people. Yeah, there are countless people like that man who are sitting around waiting to be well. And we can be those friends who come along and encourage them and, and help them get well and bring them to the healing waters. We need to hear the good truth repeatedly. So that's number one. Speak truth to one another in grace and love. I'm going to jump over to first, uh, 1 John 4.11. Be careful, not John. First John. Yeah? Chapter 4, verse 11. John says in this passage, he says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us 
and his love is made complete in us. Who agrees that the world desperately needs love right now? Yeah, it is a bit of a like cliche right now to say, hey, how about 2020, hey? How much love do we need? Because how bad was 2020 right now, yeah? But that's true. Basically, probably <laughs> um, in recent history, the you know, post-world wars, the world needs love right now more than ever before, desperately. The world desperately needs people who love well. And the world needs you. And it needs the very unique way that you speak love to others. And it needs your kindness. And above all else, the world needs to experience God through you. God wants to use you in the world. And sometimes all it takes is just being present with someone. Have you ever experienced that? It's just about sitting with someone sometimes. Yeah, and listening and responding in kindness. Yeah, not trying to fix a problem. You know what happens when you are there showing love to someone? You can experience God's love right back. Yeah? You get the blessing back as well. So the next way that you can be disciple intimately or be an intimate disciple or be iron sharpening iron is to put your faith and love into action. Not just talk about it, but actually do some stuff for others. It's not about just sharing, you know, a hundred ways to build community on your Pinterest board. Like, it's actually about getting out there and doing the thing, yeah? It's about being present with your friends, being present with your people who, who God brings to you. By genuinely being there with someone else and being vulnerable, you know, and it, it, I can... You can list a hundred different ways you can do that. When someone's moving, you can go help them move. If someone needs a meal, you can bring them a meal. If someone is down, you can be with them in their sorrow, in their grief. Or if someone is celebrating, and even if you're really jealous about the thing that they're celebrating, it's about celebrating with them as well, you know? And this is how God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. We put our faith and our love into action. And lastly... Um, although I'm not super close to finishing, sorry. Uh, <laughs> lastly, you can give hope to others. Yeah, you can be um, iron sharpening iron by giving hope to others. And think for a moment how you receive hope. How do you receive hope when you're feeling down, when you're feeling hopeless? I often receive hope by hearing someone else who's gone through a similar situation and has come out the other end. Yeah. It's motivating to hear that sort of stuff. So we can be friends that motivate each other, yeah? And this is where being part of a small group, being part of a cell group, a discipleship, Bible study, whatever you want to call it, this is what I mean by intimate discipleship. Most people don't have to be your same age. They don't even have to be in your same like, life stage or whatever. They just have to be like-minded and understanding, yeah? Because you guys need to be in positive relationships. I'm not, I don't subscribe to the Oprahism that says, like, just surround yourself with positive people. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. Like, because you need to surround yourself, you need to get out there and serve people as well. But you do need to have positive relationships. Not relationships that tear you down. Not relationships that make fun of you or aren't there for you when you need them. Yeah? Every great athlete 
to any athlete in the world that have a coach. Yeah? There is not a single high level um, athlete who does not, who just does it on their own. They just show up to the Australian Open without an entourage. Like, that doesn't happen. Yeah? The, the, the cricket team have all their staff like attached to them. Every top level athlete has a team because that's how we are wired, yeah? It's not an accident because we can't reach our full potential without other people coming alongside us and telling us, you can do it, yeah? You can achieve your dreams. So I want you to think about that. We need people to come alongside us like a coach. But then I want you to think also about an image of a fire and not like a house fire, but maybe more like a campfire. Yeah, and actually some of the songs that Meryn chose, we actually had a, like spoken about what I was speaking on and, and what um, songs to pick or anything like that. But um, in that one song, there's the imagery of, of the fire. And um, I don't know if anyone knows this, but because I'm such a woodsman and all, um, <laughs> when you make a fire, you can be, like some people are really strategic about how they make their fire. They have their logs and certain angles and, and everything and then they light this part first and that gets going and then they do the other bits. I don't know, I can't light a fire. But um, what happens is, is once that fire gets going, if you pull a log out of that fire and say, oh, well, I want a bit of light over here, and you put one over there and then you put another log out of the fire and you put it over there and you say, I want some light over there. What happens to the logs? They go out. They don't, well, they might stay light for a little while, but they don't burn as brightly as they burn when they are together, when they are actually interlinked together. Yeah? A fire can burn brightly over a long period of time if you have all those logs strategically placed together. We don't burn brightly in secrecy and isolation. And there is a time where God says, and it says in the Bible, I want you to go into your room and I want you to close the door and I want you to just be with me. There is a time for that. Like there is that time where you are just, it's just you and God. But then he says, and now I want you to open the door and get out there and serve. Yeah? And I want you to be with my people. I give you these people to do life together. And we burn brighter when we stand next to others who have the fire burning in them too. We're spurring each other on to reach our full potential. And you know what that fire is, right? The fire of the Holy Spirit. It's God living in us. So when we accept God into our lives, he lives in us and his light shines through us. And that is the fire of the Holy Spirit who can use us for his will in this world. And when we partner with others, we can show more and more and more of that light. And we can show more love and we can give more hope and we can just do more stuff when we do it together, yeah? We want to burn brighter. We are better together. We burn brighter together. And this year, whatever it is that you're doing, I want to challenge you to take ownership of being a disciple of Jesus, of being in intimate relationships that bring us closer to God and help us be God to other people. I want to challenge you to speak truth to one another in grace and love, to put love into action, don't just talk about it, boy, and to give hope to others. Speak truth to one another, put love into action, and give hope to others.
Because iron sharpens iron. If you hang around with someone long enough, you, they're going to influence how you act and how you talk, and you're going to influence them right back. And you have the choice. Like I said earlier, you have the choice. If you are going to be that person, that positive influence, who influences others with passion, there's one more story in the Bible that I'm not. I'm going to just quickly, briefly touch on. Um, in Mark chapter two, and I'm, I'm not sure if you guys know this one. It's about the friends who lowered their other friend in through the roof to get to Jesus. Yeah. So Jesus is a pretty like well-known guy at this time, at this stage of the of the Bible, and he every he's a hero to, to everyone at this stage, and everyone wants to be around him because he is teaching in these amazing ways, and he is healing people. And people just can't, they're just going to do whatever they can to get to Jesus. So he's teaching in this one house. And like, um, these days I just think of COVID all the time. And I just think that COVID marshals would be going crazy in this house. Because like they say that they were all packed in. You know, people couldn't move. They couldn't get in. And these, these group of friends, they're like, our, our friend is sick. We don't know what else to do. You know who can help? Jesus. We need to get our friend to Jesus. So they're off up to this house and then there's all these people and they're like, what are we going to do? How is our friend going to get to Jesus? So they go up onto the roof of the house and I don't have time to talk about the architecture of the day, but it's kind of like a flat roof and they go up there and they dig in and they make a hole in the roof. I don't know how they did that, but they did it. And then they had some kind of pulley system, I don't know, with like a mat and, and like they got their friend down through the roof, Yeah. They were so desperate to get their friend to Jesus that they made a hole in the roof and a pulley system and brought their friend down. Jesus is talking and healing and down from this man. Can you imagine being in that roof, seeing this guy, this just sick man, just coming down through the roof? Like, incredible, but kind of odd, right? And, God, and Jesus is just so, like, he is like, your faith is just so awesome. And he heals that man. But... I want us to have that kind of passion, yeah? I want us to be the type of friends who raise the roof to just get their friends to Jesus, yeah? And the best way to make sure that that happens is to be in a relationship with God first and foremost, yeah? Just like what Marin was kind of talking about earlier. Because God made you. And when you accept him into your life and into... Um, into your heart, his Holy Spirit comes into your being and you can be the person that you were created to be. He created you and then he, he gives you this choice for you to come in, for him to come in and to, to make you everything that you were made to be. God wants to help sharpen you from the inside out. And I don't know, we're a small group here, but I don't know if there's anyone here that maybe hasn't, either hasn't accepted Christ into their life before, or it's been a little while. Yeah? You can do that tonight. That's okay. Like, that's what we're here for. But for those of you that have accepted Jesus into your life, there's another challenge in Hebrews. And it says, let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out. Not avoiding worshipping together as some do, but spurring each other on. Let's see how inventive we can be and encouraging one another. And don't avoid worship, yeah? But spur each other on. Guys, 2020 
even though we've still got a global pandemic, and it's not like just because it's 2021, everything's better. But I think it's going to be about us knowing God for ourselves. Yeah, not just hearing the reports of like, oh, yeah, God's over there doing that, or oh my God, what's the world? Where is God in the world? It's about us knowing God for ourselves. It's not, and this is probably I'm preaching to myself here, but it's not about the busyness of our faith, of us running around trying to, you know, impress one another. Um, It's not about performance. It's about coming together collectively to grow in our faith together. You guys, with God's help, you can change the world around you. Yeah, even in the global pandemic. We can come together in unity and instead of focusing on our differences, we've got to come together and say, Jesus, use us for your will, whatever that is. Yeah? Whatever church we're from, whatever, whether we're from a church or not, whatever part of town we're from, whether we're from the north or the south or the east, where we like to live currently. <laughs> wherever you happen to be, yeah, we've got to come together and say, use us for your will. But step one is knowing God, yeah, and he, and accepting him into your heart. So you get to choose. You get to have the choice tonight about how you're going to spend your time. Are you going to be a positive light to others? Are you going to accept God further into your life? Or not? That's basically it, yeah? You get to make that choice today. So we might just play some worship or something, a little bit of something, something. Um, because we're going to go into a time of prayer now, if that's okay. And you guys, most of you know about prayer. You can close your eyes if you want, if it helps you to focus. You can put your hands together if that helps you. But you don't have to at all. You can keep your eyes open. But what it is, it's about having a conversation with God. And it's just about having that conversation with God in our mind and really listening to him as well back. It's a back and forth conversation. It's not some sort of recited thing that makes us feel good about doing it. It's an actual conversation with our creator, which if you're not used to doing it, can seem kind of odd. (laughs) So if you tonight, if you are asking, want to ask God to come back into your life, you can do that right now. I'm going to guide you through that. You can say tonight, God, come into my life. I want your light to be a part of me. And I want you to use me in the world. That's all you need to do, is invite him into your life. And I encourage you all to pray together now. And I will encourage you all to speak to God and ask him, God, what is it that you want from me? How can I speak truth? How can I put love into action? How can I give hope to others? Let's spend some time just thinking and hearing from God. Because he wants to talk to you. He's created you for this amazing purpose. He loves you so much 
Like he hasn't created junk. Like he doesn't just, he hasn't just kind of like made a bunch of like carbon copies. Oh, they're the good ones. And then someone else comes along and he's like, oh, that one's a bit of a dud. He, he, he loves you so much. He has created you the way that you are so uniquely for such a purpose and for such a time as this, even in 2021. Thank you. 